The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. And we welcome you to yet another program, a very exciting edition of Afternoons with Mike today. I have with me a superstar UCF player. I mean, this guy has been getting the headlines. He is a young man that caught a pass that defies gravity. If you see the replay, I don't know how he did it. I'm sure he's wondering the same thing, but he is grateful to God that he did. I am talking today to Alec Holler. Alec, welcome. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's great. Now, we're going to be doing a number of things on today's program in segment two. And I want uh, all of our listeners who are tuning in, maybe for the very first time, because you heard that Alec was going to be here. I get it. Okay. That's perfectly understandable. In segment two, in about 18, 17 minutes or so, we'll have our segment two begin. And during that time, Alec is going to be breaking some news. He's going to be sharing what his future will be. And that's pretty exciting. And I'll guarantee you that there are a lot of people who are going to be waiting this next 15 plus minutes now with uh, anticipation because this is a big deal. Anytime an athlete of uh, Alex's stature uh, declares whether they're going to go out early or whether they're going to stay around for another year of eligibility. It's a big deal. And a lot of people tune in. So if you're one of those, welcome to the program here on The Shepherd. Great to have you along. Uh, During this first segment, though, we're going to get to know Alec a little bit better. I know him only briefly. Met him a couple of times before, uh, but uh, this is a real opportunity for us to get to know him a little bit better. So first of all, I read the article that was in the Sentinel, and I'm sure now I've uh, I've seen newspaper articles you have too, Mm -hmm. where they're positive, and then (laughs) there have been those articles that you just kind of wanted to put the paper down and walk away. Mm -hmm. That had to be one of the best articles that that you could have read. They they seemingly, Mike did a good job writing it. It seems like he did a a real fair job of not only representing the game, but your heart as well. Mm, Yeah, it was definitely a blessing to have the opportunity to shine on a stage like that and like have to glorify God, like through it. Yeah. And that, now that's what you did. You, you were on a stage, a football stage. If you've ever been down on the field at UCF or maybe some other big, uh, a big school where they have a big auditorium or a rather a big, if you're playing basketball in football, you're out there in the middle of the field at that gigantic stadium. And then you add all of those thousands of people. What's the sound like when you're down there? What is that like? Well, I mean, the sounds insane, especially at the bounce house. I mean, it gets really loud over there, like 40,000 fans packed out, ready to cheer on the nights every single Saturday. So it's a, it's a blessing. It's awesome. It's really a dream come true. Well, I know it had to be. I, I want to go back. Uh, we're going to be talking about your UCF career, obviously, mm-hmm. in segment two w- with 
with a, a great bit of interest. But let's go back a little bit. I know you played football in high school as well, and you could have gone to a lot of different schools. But let's take us back to high school. When did you first realize that you had something going on with this game that was uh, possibly going to be something that would take you a little farther than even high school? Yeah. So when I started out playing football, it was really just Pop Warner. My dad was coaching me. It was a good time like that. You grow up, play middle school football. And then in high school, I really decided, hey, I'm going to give basketball a shot. That's the sport I seem to thrive in the most. And then our junior year of high school, we didn't have a fall like season for the basketball team to develop and be ready for winter. So my little brother, Max, was like, hey, I'm going to go out for the football team. So at that point, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go out for the football team, too. I love football. And there was really a moment there where I was sitting in my house with my parents kind of feeling like a little knot in my stomach. Cause I'm like, I really think that like God's pushing me to like go after football. And I put so much time into basketball, so much training. And I finally took that step and joined halfway through my junior year. And I started just had no clue what the plays were. And I just go out there and my teammates would be like, Hey Alec, you're running a out route right here. You're doing this, <laughs> doing that. So I didn't really have a clue what I was doing, but I was out there just, using athleticism to try to succeed. And then, uh, yeah, I moved on. And where I really kind of saw a future in it is our our spring game. Going from junior to senior year, I went and had like a game with four receptions, 250 yards and three touchdowns. So it was like, it was insane. Like every time I touched the ball, I was getting to the end zone. And then at that point, Liberty University had offered me a full scholarship after that game. Wow. So that's kind of where yeah. I was starting to get some buzz from some teams. Teams were coming to visit Trinity. and. Yeah, that's kind of where that initial buzz came. I've interviewed a lot of uh, student athletes before, and it's always the same. I mean, I think there's this kind of a, a weird sense of, uh, can this be happening? When you're talking about a full-ride scholarship being offered to you, mm-hmm. that had to just be mind-blowing. Uh, and then I know you had several schools that were taking interest. Yeah, it was it was definitely mind blowing when you you get that first one and then all the other schools start to like come talking to you. And there were a lot of schools that were like, hey, Alec, we need you to come. We're going to you're going to come on campus. You're going to run your 40. You're going to come to our like prospect camp after we see that you can move like you can. We're going to give you a scholarship. So we go into June going from my junior to senior year in high school and we we go to the UCF prospect camp where Coach Beckton, who was the one that was helping me uh, recruit me because of his connection with Coach Kruzak, brought me in. And I ran a 40. I ran a 4.64, which is the fastest 40 I probably will ever run in my life. And then about 30 minutes later, I tore my hip. Oh, so no. Then, yeah. So then that prevented me from going to a lot of camps over that summer. And kind of I lost my like recruiting buzz, per se. And then I ended up just getting a walk-on opportunity. And then my senior year, um, football. I I was doing really well playing for Trinity. It's a smaller school, but I was leading the state in small mm-hmm. schools and receiving yards and different stuff like that, playing really well. But still, like that buzz wasn't there. So my best really opportunity was to go to UCF, where an opportunity that I would be happy with, knowing being a UCF fan, being close to my family, and just knowing the community. These other schools that had offered uh, scholarships to you, like Liberty, did they withdraw it with that inter- that injury that happened? So they didn't, they didn't withdraw because of that. Um, in the middle of my, my senior year, in the middle of that season, we were, we were playing and I kind of came to the point where, Hey, I'm ready to commit to Liberty. So I called up the coach that had been recruiting me. I was like, Hey, um, are you guys ready to take a commitment? And then that same call, the coach actually was like, yeah, um, we are going to have to like pull your scholarship because 
one of our tight ends got hurt, one of the older guys, and we need to bring in a, a JUCO um, mm, transfer. Yeah. We don't we don't have time to develop a younger guy. So then they ended up taking away my scholarship at that point. So that that's the kind of one of those moments where you're frustrated. You're like, God, why? Why is that happening? Like, yeah. I thought this is where I was going to be. And then you know that God has better plans for you in the end. Yeah, we don't always see that in oh, the moment, no. right? I mean, you didn't. It had to be disappointing mm-hmm. and thinking, well, this is going to work out. That's going to go. And then suddenly, boom, it doesn't. Yeah. Injury has been a, a real issue for numbers of athletes, probably more than not that are on the on the stage that you're on right now. You Almost everybody out there, it's difficult to play a game like football without that kind of uh, opportunity to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, man, maintaining your body, making sure you're getting in the training room, rehabbing even when you're not hurt is, uh, is really important because you, you never know when that extra flexibility or that extra like strength that you've been, you've been training and working on is going to help you out on that field. Now you said something, Alec, in the beginning of this meeting, uh, you've also mentioned it in the uh, Sentinel article that was there. You're a person of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously it's more than just something that you've attended on a Sunday, like going to a service. Uh, tell me a little bit about your background and how, how, how that worked out in your life to come to faith in Christ. Yeah. So, um, my faith journey kind of looks like, I feel like what a lot of people's journey looked like in terms of early on my family, I grew up in a Christian household, raised me, um, to learn about God, be in scripture and I'm kind of just explore what faith looks like. And at the point that then I go on to UCF and go to college, it's, it's kind of on you as an individual to have that faith on your own. And I was baptized my junior year of high school, but you go, you go into college and it's on your, and it's on you. And I kind of was in a situation where I stopped pursuing God as much as I should have. And in my, my sophomore year, actually, I, I tore my ACL talking about staying healthy. I oh tore my, my ACL. goodness. Yeah. And at that moment, it's, you're putting all your problems into football. Like, Hey, football's my therapy. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be all good. I'm going to put it into a worldly thing. That's not sustainable. And God took, took that away from me because of my, uh, my injury. I wasn't able to do that. So I'm kind of sitting there after my surgery, feeling like a hot poker's poking into my knee, frustrated, crying, just like angry at God. God, why have you done this to me? Why did I deserve this? I don't understand why is any of this going on? And now I'm able to take a step back now and realize that's the, one of the biggest blessings in my entire life is the fact that he gave me that injury because I was able to turn my eyes back on him, lean on him and know what it looks like to have a relationship with him and know how, how strong and how important it is to have one, um, with God and that with him, you're able to get through like so many things. Now, there are a lot of people who feel as you do, and not all, all of them are on a team like what you're on. How do your teammates, how does that work with your faith in God when maybe some of your teammates wouldn't share that? How, are, how do they receive you? Yeah, I mean, my, I think that the, the coaching staff, Coach Malzahn, they've, they've promoted a, um, a positive environment in terms of like faith. I think that a lot of players on the team also share share faith as well, and it's I haven't really met, been met by any negative, um, wonderful anything negative, and just a bunch of guys that are supportive. A lot of guys that are interested in God have um, come to me and my brother. We have like a little Bible study with a bunch of guys on the team that we just get in scripture, talk about what we're dealing with as uh, Christian guys going through college, and 
life experiences and different stuff like that and how to lean on God and Mm -hmm. how we can lean on each other as brothers in faith. Now, you're part of First Baptist, right? Yes. Now, I'm sure they're excited about this recent stuff that's been going on with you. What's it like now to to go into a, a service or to go into a group meeting after having done what uh, you were able to do last week? Yeah, I'm not really necessarily someone who loves. I'm more of an introvert, so I'm not someone who necessarily loves all the attention. So, but, I mean, it's obviously awesome when like a community gets behind you and a community celebrates you. And especially because it's not about the actual play. It's more about the the faith and like trying to glorify God and honor him through mm-hmm. the process. And Pastor David and I have a close relationship, a good relationship where we we've met a lot. And like he's just he's a great leader. And um, yeah, we've we've been through like a lot of t- like tough conversations. And it's just it's awesome to when he'll he'll text me after the game, be like, hey, Alec, like you did a great job. Like that was an awesome play. And we're just able to text, talk about like glorifying God and honoring him throughout the whole process. I love that because it's not, it, it's part of your life. I mean, football clearly is playing a very important role, but I get when I'm around you, Alec, I get this thing that you're not defined by football. Mm-hmm. You're not defined by that sport or any sport for that matter. And there's a difference when a person can enjoy something and excel at something, but it's not their entire world. It's not mm-hmm. your entire world. Yeah. And that's where, like I was talking about earlier, just coming into college, I, I saw myself as Alec, the Alec Holler, the football player, the, oh, I led the state in receiving at a small school. I did all these different things. I was such a great player. I come to UCF and realize I'm a, I'm like a minnow in the ocean compared to, <laughs> compared to skill, compared to talent. Yeah, it's good. And you get put on the scout team yeah. and then your identity kind of seems to get a little bit lower because you're like, oh, I'm not as good as I thought I was. And you're putting all your problems into it. And then God pulling me away from that situation, making me realize, hey, Alec, you're not Alec Collier, the football player. You're Alec Collier, the son of God. I love that. That is so beautiful, so well stated. And just, oh, Lord, let that happen to athletes across the country, that they can see what you've learned, that really the most important thing in life is that you're loved by God, Mm -hmm. not that you created a great play on the field Mm -hmm. last Saturday. Yeah, and it's definitely it's a struggle that every athlete faces all the time. Like no matter what, like you, uh, you identify as a son of God, you put your, you put um, your identity in that, but there's still games where you have a bad game. You have a tough game. You lose one that you shouldn't have lost. And you're looking at yourself like, wow, like what have I done? Like I'm, I'm not a good player. I'm not all these different things. And it's okay. Cause that means it means something to you mm-hmm. that, that you want to win. You want to succeed. You want your team to be successful. But at the end of the day, you have a 24-hour rule. You get past that game and you realize, hey, at the end of the day, it is a game. Yeah. We we love this game. We play it. And and it's a big part of our lives. But at the end of the day, it's not something eternal. And you've got to turn your eyes on the next thing that comes around, whether it's another game or whether it's another thing in life. Mm-hmm. And that's a good way to do it. But to be able to enjoy what you're doing as you are, I think that is just so commendable. And I know when I, you look back, isn't it fun now, like you've already mentioned that you realize that God allows these things that look like in the moment, big setbacks to our lives. Mm-hmm. And yet it's those very setbacks that kind of pave the way for the future. And that's exactly what's happened to you. Yeah. It's a, and a lot, I feel like a lot of people will look at a verse like Romans eight twenty eight, where it's like all things work out for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And they'll take that as, okay. 
I'm a Christian. Everything good's going to happen for me. All these different things, all these great things are going to happen. But in reality, it's all things are going to be good for you. It might not be good for you now, but you're going to look back and you're going to realize like that, that was the best thing for you. Like the knee injury, me not getting, not going to Liberty on that scholarship, those things that were frustrating at the time. I didn't think they were what was right for me, but God knew they were. They were, and that is a big lesson to learn in life. It's one that I've not done particularly well with. (laughs) I think many of us wish that we could have responded better to what looked like to us in the moment a setback until we get back and see what one songwriter described it as the unseen hand of God. Mm -hmm. The unseen hand of God at work in your life, doing something that you don't understand or maybe you don't appreciate But boy, later on you do when you realize what he's done. Now we've got just a couple of minutes before the break. Let's talk for a moment about the process that you've been going through to make this big decision about your next year, your future. What's that been like for you as you anticipate uh, our next segment? Yeah, I mean, it's been a very tough process leaning on God throughout the whole thing. I think that what I thought was um, the hardest decision in my life was um, proposing to my now fiance Ashley, mm-hmm. but now I come to realize that wasn't really as tough as a decision as I thought it was. Cause <laughs> God, I felt like God called me to that where yeah, this, right. this is more, okay, where's my future at where now that I'm responsible for somebody where, where am I going to lead us into the future? What situation are we going to go into? Are we going to pursue the NFL? That doesn't work. I'll start working. Do you come back for another year to try to uh, improve those chances, strengthen up and go into the Big 12 with UCF? What does that look like? And just leaning on God in the process, just trusting in him that he'll direct my path throughout this whole this whole deal. Wow. If you've just tuned in and you're wondering who it is I'm chatting with, this is Alec Holler. Alec is a member, a tight end with UCF Knights. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, made a couple of Saturdays ago, made an unbelievable catch. And uh, it was uh, one of those jaw-dropping things. If you like sports, you would have loved watching that replay if you missed the game. And uh, it's got to be one of those uh, highlight moments. I'm sure just about every big sporting show played that highlight Mm -hmm. reel back. And uh, that's really crazy. And I know you said you're not a kind of person that likes that kind of attention, but you're having to get ready for it because that's what's happened to you. (laughs) You're getting it whether you wanted it or not. Alec Collar is my guest. We're going to be making that big announcement coming up in just a few minutes. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, Call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. And a big welcome back after the break here to Afternoons with Mike. For all of the listeners that are tuning in, maybe for the first time today, because you got word that my guest is Alec Holler. Alec is a member of the UCF Knights and uh, the recent subject of just a whole bunch of attention in the newspaper, on television, in just about every big sporting a show that's out there, ESPN included. Uh, I, how many interviews have you gone through, do you think? 
since the catch since the something? catch uh, i think i had like four or five that, that next week which is <laughs> it was pretty crazy now you know you've you've done so well at these of uh, kind of a couple of feats that you've pulled out one of them uh was a jump that you made over a player yes now tell about that for just a moment before yeah. we make the big announcement here yeah, so that was at Memphis. It was it was crunch time. I think it was third and nine. We needed a first down to kind of secure the game. And Coach Malzahn called my number, and we ran a screen. I made a couple guys miss. And I saw a guy about two or three yards in front of the first down line, and I was like, I'm not going to be able to go left or right of him. I'm going to guess I'm going to go over him. So, yeah. I, I, so I went ahead and uh, leaped over him and said, <laughs> I have two or three in me, and I got the first down. And it ended up working out for us. I run through a troop and leap over a wall. And that's just about what you did right there. And you made the down. You got the first. And so that made a difference. Memphis never, they never got the ball back from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't get the ball back. We secured the win. I mean, it comes to a point in a game where you just have to sacrifice yourself for the team. And that's, the, that's what I was feeling and just trying to secure victory for my guys. And then there's the phrase that was the headline of the article in the Sentinel, Holy holler. <laughs> what do you think about when you heard that one? Yeah, I don't I don't really necessarily know about the name Holy Holler, but but uh when that play was going on, uh that drive, Javon Baker is a phenomenal player on our team as well. Mikey scrambled out and threw him a catch that if if mine didn't happen, everyone would have been talking about his. So wanted to give him some props because he's he's a great player and so yeah. important to our team's success and all the guys that contributed to that drive. But we get down to that last play. It's third down. It's are we going to kick a field goal to secure the win? Or are we going to get into the end zone? And I look to the sideline, and they're signaling a play we've been working on for a couple of weeks. And plays going to me, and I'm thinking in my head, "Wow, I'm about to score the game-winning touchdown." Wow! So I get back, get ready. Um, I get motioned out, fake a block, and I see the ball up in the air. And Mikey threw a ball that had a good spiral on it. It's, it started tailing towards the sideline. So I was like, "Okay, I need to slow my momentum down." So I stopped sprinting as much, turned my hips, and just threw up that hand up there and it, that ball just stuck right in between my pointer and index finger. And I knew I had secured it. I didn't necessarily know if I got my feet in. Cause if I did, I probably would have gone a little more crazy, <laughs> but so I, I snagged it. I'm on the ground. I'm kind of like sitting up, looking my eyes straight into a camera. I turned my head to the left and the ref is, is standing there. Like what just happened? We it's make, like everything went into slow motion at that point, right? Oh yeah. Our eyes, yeah. our eyes lock and I slowly yeah. start raising my arms. And then he's like, yeah, I guess touchdown. He starts raising his arms too. <laughs> Kobe Hudson was the first guy to run over there. It's like, let's go. We, we got the touchdown. Oh, my word. Yeah, it was definitely a blessing. And moments like that really makes you reflect on the journey that you've gone through. Yeah, that was such a catch. And it's it needs to be pointed out, that was a one-handed catch. Oh, yeah. Now, that's hard to do in football. I mean, it's just amazing. It has happened before where a player will just reach up somehow with, like you said, a, a strongly thrown ball. That was not a... That was not like a little forward pass. It was a, he threw that ball, had a spiral on it. So you somehow controlled that thing. And then the the replays, well, the first, the announcers on the clips were really wondering, did you actually make that uh, connection with your foot in bounds before you, you fell out of bounds? Then the replays began to show without a doubt your your foot was down Mm -hmm. that right foot made it in as you fell on in into the outside and and hung on to that ball you you caught it with one hand pulled it in and then while you're crashing to the ground hung on to it 
Yeah, that catch was infused with the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you that one. That was infused with the Holy Spirit. It really was a holy holler, see? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess, I guess there That's you go. right. That's it. Well, I know here we are, friends. If you've tuned in to hear uh, this big announcement, I don't know what Alec is going to say. And uh, I'm excited to hear what he's going to say. But he's at that point of uh, declaration, as many athletes are, where they have to come down to a decision to stay or to plunge into that great unknown known as the NFL. And that's a big thing. That's a big Mm -hmm. decision. So, man, I don't have a drum roll in here. I don't have a drummer or a drum, but uh, it's that time. Tell us, uh, if you will, what is the decision? Yeah, so my decision, I mean, I love this team. I love this university. I love the school. I love the coaching staff. I love all my teammates. And when I just think about the the journey, how far I've come, how much I, I love this school. It kind of came down to the, that God's kind of pulling me to come back for another year. And I I love this place. I want to help be a leader leading into the Big Twelve. It's not about any any money. If it, if anything was about money and a lot of that in the NIL space now, a lot of people are all about money. It's not about money because if it was about money, I would go start working or go mm-hmm. start doing something else. But it's really just about the dream of trying to do what's best to get me to the NFL in terms of developing, being a coming back an even better player next year, being a leader for these guys, helping mentor UCF into this next stage that they're going into. And I'm excited for it. I let coach Malzahn know earlier today and I'm ready to go and I'm juiced up. Oh, that is so exciting. I'm I'm hearing this for the very first time. First of all, I can only imagine right now that a lot of fans are just cheering wildly as they're hearing this because that's been the way I'm sure uh, every one of them would have been praying that this announcement would have gone that direction. And now it has. He's coming back for another year at UCF and forsaking what a lot of people would think. Why, why are you doing that? And you've just given the explanation why. I know the, the program is going to be so much blessed by your presence there. And the coach has got to be excited. I, I can only imagine what that was like when uh, you told him and your teammates. Have you told a lot of them or any of them? Um, I've told I've told a couple. I mean, I'll let more know more now now, but uh, I'm excited. I'm ready to keep going and just like helping lead our team to this next step and just going through something. This is going to be our first Big 12 team moving on mm-hmm. now to the power five. And it's something special and something that when you look back and you you leave, you try to rush something and you might look back in five years and you you have some regret. You didn't do it. And I feel like God has kind of called me and put me in a situation where. It's like, hey, you're going after your dream. This is what's best for your dream. You have a platform where you can glorify and honor me. And, I love it. And also have some positive influence on uh, the UCF football team that you you may never have with um, another team. So. You know, you think about it, all the athletes out there that are one and done. They go one year to college. and you Yeah, know, all the college basketball. And oh, all, yeah, with yeah. All, all of the athletes that do that. Uh, and it's it's sad because the the amount of growth, the amount of opportunities, the amount of maturing, uh, just the I think becoming a seasoned, a more seasoned player. I do know there are a couple of people who have done it, like Kobe Bryant did it, uh, others as well. But um, it's it's exciting to see an athlete like you who are you're going to go the the distance. And the school's going to be blessed by it. You know, that's that's something I think just blesses the program at UCF. But it also shows the value of the program at UCF that you're wanting to hang around for what is yet 
to come. Yeah, the it definitely the huge influence is the coaching staff. Um, they just they have a great they foster a great um, culture, great environment. There there are a lot of spirit led individuals that I love to be around. I love Coach Malzahn, love Coach Blackman, love the whole offensive staff and defensive staff. They're a bunch of just great guys and. When you're in an environment that you feel like you can grow spiritually and you can help influence others spiritually and you're doing what you love, why not? Yeah, I agree. Hey, if you just tuned in and you were wanting to hear what's going on, I'm going to share with you right now that Alec has decided to come back for his senior year and to play another year of eligibility at UCF. And obviously that means deferring on that uh, NFL opportunity. And that's a big decision. I respect mm-hmm. your decision and the reasons for it. It's so great to see that our uh, our, our team here in, in Orlando is going to have you back on it next year. And that's got to be exciting. I'm sure some of my friends like Chad Barr, who is uh, maybe one of the biggest UCF fans, but apart from your family, <laughs> that's going to be very excited. Uh, when, I can't wait to talk to him about this and see what his thoughts are. Uh, but this is a big deal. So Alec is staying at UCF. Talk for a moment, if you will. We know that after you've kind of told that story in segment one about being in high school and the injury that happened and and all of that, you could have gone a different direction. But you chose, again, rather than just go to a smaller school, which I know you could have gone to, mm-hmm. you chose to do this thing of becoming a walk-on athlete at UCF. And that does that comes with no guarantees. It comes with, well, except one, you're going to work real, real oh, hard yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. And that is without a doubt uh, <laughs> going to be what makes the difference if you're ever going to become a scholarship player. But you chose to do that. What were all the reasons why back then you chose to, to take the walk-on method? Yeah, so in terms of choosing UCF, really, it, what it really came down to is I love UCF. I love the university. Um, I wanted to prove to people that told me that I couldn't, that I could and kind of betting on yourself. And that's kind of what you do as a walk on is you bet on the abilities that you have. Maybe coaches when they were recruiting, they didn't see it, but you, once you get on campus, I mean, you line up and you can show them what you got. Mm -hmm. So walk-ons get to practice and they get to do all of the same things. It's just that when you're on there, there is a, there is a culture of, of sports. We all know that. And part of that culture would say that the scholarship people are definitely, uh, maybe their way would look like or seem like it's easier, but you have this thing about you that's part of your character that is going to be all about work. Mm-hmm. It's going to be earning your own spot. And that's really what was brought out in the article that Mike did at the Sentinel. Mm-hmm. Um, and talk about that for a little bit. Where did you learn that that aspect? Where do you think that was most seen in your growing up years? Yeah, I mean, I think that it came a lot just from family values that have been instilled in me in terms of you're, you're going to earn everything you get. Nothing's going to be given to you. And then you go into a walk-on experience, and that's exactly what it is. And you go there and you might think that you bet you're better than you are. And scholarship guys seem to like, they are more invested in terms of the university is invested in them. You're, you're playing football for free for the school mm-hmm. and the coaches there, the coaches that recruited and their guys gave them scholarships. They want those guys to succeed. Not that they don't want the walk-ons too, but 
those are the guys that they tend to look at first sometimes. And and I think what you said is process. so true. They've actually invested yep. now in this athlete with a scholarship. So there's a lot there that is natural. It, mm-hmm. It's an investment. And they've got a young man over here. So that creates a kind of a tension. It can mm-hmm. for some of the scholarship players. If a young man like you come, you come around and you, you're doing great. And suddenly the walk-on is getting the attention. Yeah, I think that it's awesome, though, at UCF that the guys on the team, we all love each other. It's truly a brotherhood. And when you see maybe at other schools where a walk-on might like get to that point, other schools, people might be jealous. But for us, I mean, it's just love. I mean, there's a guy on our team right now, Stephen Martin, who's a walk-on, who's just excelled this year. And he's he's like kind of in the same spot where, where I was in terms of he's he's not on scholarship yet. I mean, I... I hope he does soon. He's he deserves it. He's a phenomenal player. So I'm I'm looking forward to when that happens to celebrate with him. But that process leading up to that scholarship, it's just it's it's kind of it's a special process, a special journey that you'll never forget. Oh, I'm sure you won't a forget lot of character it. Character building for sure. Yeah. And that character building is an ongoing thing that's going to happen throughout your life, obviously. And if it is the Lord's will for one day for you to play with an NFL, uh, that means that you have, uh, you know, you talk about leaping over walls. You, you've uh, jumped over a ton of them to get mm-hmm. to that spot. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's, it's something like 1% or yeah, less you, than a, yeah, it's a fraction. Yeah. I mean, you think about um, the 1% of kids that go on to play college football the 1% of kids that then go on to start at college football, the 1% of people that then go on to the NFL, then the 1% that play in the NFL. It's like you're slowly going to the 1% yeah. of the 1% of the 1%. And it's <laughs> trying to achieve your dreams and prove to people um, the ability that you have and even prove yeah. to yourself, where's my skill at? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And you've definitely, uh, you've been in that those, those situations that put you at that 1% level because you've you walked on, and now you're playing. You became. I. I, I love the, um, uh, the story about your coach when he his first view of you. He he didn't even know you were a walk on. That's what's so cool. He said, yeah. "I'm just looking at. I'm I'm just watching the guys as they're practicing." And you caught his eye. You caught his eye not because you were a walk on or because he thought you were a scholarship player. You caught his eye because you were working hard. You were making uh, tackles. You were busting it out there for for just the game and doing what's right. And, and that got his attention. Mm-hmm. And then he rewarded you with that scholarship. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's another thing with this coaching staff that I value so much is that they don't look at dudes based on scholarships and walk-ons. A lot of schools uh, can do that, but coach Malzahn, his staff all look at who, who's the best player who can help us win the most, where can we fit them in? And um, let's go get this W. So when he came in and, he saw that and he didn't even realize I was a walk on because he didn't look at that right away. And then he found out and he was like, OK, this guy's one of our best players. Let's get him on scholarship and um, let's really give him a chance to show what he's got in front of the whole country. And what I love about it, you're the same guy after the scholarship that you were before. Mm-hmm. And that's so cool. And I know that that is something that makes your parents very proud and makes those of us that love to watch and hear what's going on in your life proud for you and for them as well. And this is something that I, I know that your love for UCF, uh, that place is, it's just blown up in yep. the last number of years. And that you mentioned already, but tell, we got just enough time. Tell us a little bit about that, that stadium, that rock and place. Cause I hear that thing. It's like that thing is electric and alive during a football game out there. Yeah. So I grew up, my mom went to university of Florida. So we grew up like Gator fans too. Mm-hmm. And just being in Orlando, 
loving football. It's like, okay, let's go to all the UCF games we can. So we, we had season tickets. We used to go to the games when I was just a little guy going in the Citrus Bowl before we even had the on-campus stadium. And then I think it was 2007 when they built that and the first game was in Texas or was against Texas when they had Colt McCoy and they went on to go to the national championship and we kept it really close. And at that point, I don't know how really structurally sound the stadium was. It was bouncing <laughs> in that first year. That's why they called it the, bounce, why they call it the <laughs> bounce house. And I mean, that stadium is just, there's, it's so much energy you feed off the fans so much. And whenever we're there, we have a home, a home field advantage and we can always feel night nation playing with us. Mm-hmm. We have, like we have a 12th person on the field. Oh, that's great. Alec Holler is my guest today. We're going to be back with him for one more segment. Got just enough time in this one, though, to tell you that he is staying at UCF for another year. To the delight, I am sure, of all you fans out there who were praying that that would be what he decides. He has indeed made that decision. He'll be back next year, and we're going to be back after this. Turning 65 or already on Medicare? Have you tried to compare Medicare supplement plans? Are you sick and tired of the awful TV commercials where washed-up football players confuse you even more? Speak with a licensed independent insurance agent today. Call 407-965-4166 now. Or visit Affordable One Insurance in Winter Park, Florida and discuss what is important for you. Be sure to ask us about dedicated senior medical centers. Back again in the studio with Alec Holler from UCF, tight end, who made that super catch and won the game. A, a game, I think it's every young man's dream, Alec. I'm sure it was your dream when you were growing up and playing sports. You mentioned being a basketball player. Uh, that taken, if it's basketball, it's taking that last shot. And maybe it's a mm-hmm. three or maybe it's just a half court or whatever. Yep. And, and uh, athletes... I think of the movie Hoosiers. Did you ever see that movie? I actually haven't. Coach Black and tight end coach, we were actually talking about that last week. He's like, dude, you're a basketball guy. You haven't seen Hoosiers. Like, oh. What are you doing? So that's actually something I'm going to check out this week. You have to do that. It's uh, Gene Hackman stars in it. Uh, and it was all set in where I grew up in, really? in in Indiana. And some of the games are played in southern Indiana in this movie and just well, just within 40 miles of where I, I grew up okay. and lived. And so a big basketball state, obviously. But uh, in that movie, they depict Shooter, who was one of the guys that had the opportunity to take the last second shot and win the game. Wait, and don't he... spoil it, Formula. Okay. Don't spoil it. All right, I won't spoil it. <laughs> And I'm not going to tell you what happened then because I forgot you haven't seen it. Hey, so I'm going to be looking out for Shooter. I'm going to be looking out Watch for Shooter. Watch for Shooter. He's a cool dude, uh, and you'll see it. So the, all, all of that uh, comes up uh, here, and, and you were the guy that actually had that opportunity, mm-hmm. and you're kind of frozen in the air. It, did it seem like time went, went just like in slow motion? Oh, it, went, it actually went really quick. Like that ball came, and it just kind of stuck in my hand, and by the time I knew it, I was sitting up looking at the looking at the ref, <laughs> putting my hands up. Being like, yep, uh, that go. was a blessing from God then. Oh, that, yeah. uh, you didn't have a lot of time to think about it. Oh, yeah. I guess in moments like that, it's just like you said, it's sheer athleticism, it's sheer uh, determination and effort. Yeah, a lot of training in the backyard when you're younger, just trying to imitate Randy Moss and Odell Beckham, putting up your hand, trying to catch one-handers. That's a lot of the training as well. Oh my goodness. But you didn't know you were going to have to make a one-handed one, and in that moment, you did it, and it it was perfect, and you Mm -hmm. did win the game. 
and that's so exciting. So I, I think it's every every young man's dream to have done what you've done, and we're just grateful that you got to do it. And I think it couldn't have happened to a nicer, more humble guy. And so it's not going to ruin your life Thank with you. pride. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's not going to ruin your life. It'll just be something that you'll be able to look back on and tell your kids about, and uh, they'll they'll come to you and they'll say, Dad, that was the coolest thing. So here you are, man. You're you're engaged. Tell us about how you met Ashley. Yeah, so Ashley and I actually went to kindergarten together. We went to K4 at Park Maitland. Uh, Come on. In, in, in uh, Maitland, and then we moved on, went on to Trinity Prep. So we've been going to school together ever since um, then, and then we were dated in high school for a little bit, but then she ended up going on to go to Auburn, where Coach Malzahn actually was, which is right. funny. And uh, I went on to UCF to pursue football, so... At that point, when it went long distance, we kind of separated and COVID brought us back together. So if you're looking at a blessing through COVID, I'd say that was probably the biggest blessing. Oh, no, I got to hear that. Wait a minute. COVID brought you back together? That's what I'm saying. You're like, obviously awful, awful global pandemic. But I mean, COVID, a lot of things can, bad things can be used for good. And for me, it was bringing back the love of my life. Wow. Now, did you think at any point before that happened that uh, when she went to Auburn, you stayed here? Did you think it was all over? Yeah, I mean, it, we thought it was we thought it was all over. We were definitely still friendly. We'd talk every once in a while. I mean, when you have someone that you love so much and that is really your best friend, mm -hmm. uh, it can be it can be really tough. So just having those conversations with her throughout it all. But COVID gave us the opportunity that she came back. She came back in town from college and was doing some remote schooling and we were able to really connect again. And that time um, away from each other, we really grew individually. And I think that it's the best thing that God did for our relationship was us like kind of learning who we were separately growing in faith and then coming back together. And That's, to that can him. be a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of absence will indeed make the heart grow fonder as the old saying goes. And it worked out well for you. Now tell me how COVID impacted you as an athlete, because I mean, let's face it, games were canceled, seasons ended. It was like, we're, you know, we watched that NBA, uh, uh, that whole thing about the bubble that was the weirdest time. And there was nothing weirder, Alec, for me than being a baseball fan and watching those baseball with cut out people in oh, the stands. Yep. That had to be mm -hmm. crazy as an athlete. How did it impact you? Yeah. So that first, that first season in 2020, that was the first year I was traveling on the team. I made the travel squad and was the, was the second string guy. And we'd pull up to these opposing stadiums and you have this energy like, wow, we're about to, we're about to play. This is going to be, this is going to be wild, hostile environment. You get in there and our first game was against ECU and you walk into the stadium and ECU had a no, no fan mandate. So we walk in there and it's a ghost town. So we were basically scrimmaging out there. As, it felt like a practice. Oh, it felt like a scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, not even a practice. <laughs> yeah. You really got to just, you really got to bring your own juice at that point. And uh, luckily yeah. all of us were ready to go. Now, how much, you, you said bring your own juice, bring your own energy. In, in a game like that, when you've got, as you mentioned, 40,000, 50,000, if you're in Gainesville, almost 90-some-odd thousand fans up there, and you're playing, you guys, have you you played the Gators before, right? Yeah, we played them in the Gasparilla Bowl um, last year, and it was definitely kind of like a backyard football game. I was uh, in pregame warm-up stretching, and I always um, dap up Coach Blackman before the game, and he dapped me up, and he looks at me and goes, 
Yeah, this is like a backyard game for you, huh? UCF versus, <laughs> versus Florida. Play it like you, you were a kid. Put, put your whole heart on um, yeah. out there. So, yeah, it's cool. I guess the point is, is that it's when you've got those fans in the stands, it's you do get a lot of energy from them, and mm-hmm. you get caught up in the moment and the, the, the cheering, and it's so exciting. Football is just one of those all-American things that, boy, it's it's hard to compare any other sport with it. Oh yeah, when we were, I remember my first time fully dressing in the bounce house. It was I had one scout player of the week, the week we had Cincinnati on college game day, and we were running out of the tunnel and I was in my full pads full of everything. I wasn't going to play that game, but boy was I juiced up. Mm-hmm. We heard the fans um when you're in the locker room, the doors will like the hinges will like be shaking so you can hear the energy out there. You're walking through the tunnel and I was running so I was running so hard when we were going through there. My legs went numb like I started like tripping on myself a little bit. I was like, Alec, do not fall over. What am I doing here? But it was oh, yeah, that energy goodness. that the fans bring is definitely awesome. And it's cool to just kind of entertain and just show and show people how hard you work and glorify, honor God in your performance. And a lot of the guys prior to games will, will run through the tunnel, run all the way down the field and go down and pray. And, well, I a little struggle for me kind of going last year was, hey, is that is that making a show out of my mm-hmm. faith? Am I doing it for the, the glory of people? And then when I kind of thought on that and had time with God, I realized that's not I'm not doing it for like the glory of, wow, look, he's going to pray and blah, blah, blah. It's really just that moment with God to be like, hey, Lord, like this is for you. Protect me out on this field. God, please allow me to play to the best of my ability. Lord, if it's in your will, give us this this win and let's do it. And then going on, so kind of having that individual individual moment with God and showing that He's He's first in your life. It's very clear to me as I'm hearing you describe things. You converse with God uh, really on a very simple heart to heart basis here, mm-hmm. and that is such an important part of our relationship with the Lord is to have that kind of ongoing communication where you're not just needing to set yourself up in a room and all quiet. You're, you're walking down the, you're talking, you're talking with him when you're on the field or when mm-hmm. you're doing anything like that. Right. Yeah. When you're trying to, I seem to realize sometimes in the games you get lost in it, but during the games, I t- tend to have my best drives when I'm going out there and I'm like, God be with me on this drive. And we go down and score. It's, it's like, why don't I just do that every drive? <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make awesome. sure I'm focused on that for now on. But yeah, it's it's definitely not like I feel like a lot of people can think that praying is just that. OK, I'm going to be in a dark room, close my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm praying and having my moment with God. And that's that's real. But it's also like that ongoing conversation with God, like throughout the day and him just being with you um, at all times yeah. is huge. I think it is prayer without ceasing, as Paul said, and that's really what it all is about. I mean, we do need those times in the prayer closet or in a church service when we're gathered and we're praying Mm -hmm. or maybe in a person's home where believers have gathered to pray. But boy, there is nothing so wonderful for a person who loves the Lord and you're out there in the field and you've got all of that uh, stuff riding on your team and you're doing the very best that you can do to have the opportunity to call on God. 
mm-hmm. and uh, to do it as you do it. That's such a wonderful thing. Alec Holler is my guest. If you've just tuned in, Alec has made the decision that he's coming back to UCF for another year. I couldn't be more overjoyed. I did not know at the beginning of this interview what his decision was. And that was uh, that was fine with me because I wanted to to hear it like everyone who was listening heard it as well. And I am just uh, equally thrilled that that uh, is his decision. Coming back as a knight, you know, now when you look forward, now you know you're going to be here now for next year. And I, I guess it's every young man looks that, uh, let's say, five-year look mm-hmm. down the road. What if you had an opportunity to choose a team that you might love to play for, who would that be? Oh, I mean, I I think it's just getting that opportunity to play on any team. And I mean, wouldn't it would really be nice. It would be nice to stay in Florida, obviously, oh, and just right. be around my family because like, my family is so important to me. Tampa or yeah, Jacksonville? Tampa would be cool. I grew up like watching watching Tampa Bay with Mike Scott and Derek Brooks and Rondé Barber and all those dudes. But I mean, really, just any team. I just kind of pursuing that dream and knowing that like any team I'm a part of, I'm gonna try to plug into that culture and be a positive influence on and off the field. Now, have you uh, talked to a lot of people who are players in the NFL to kind of get an idea as to what life is like in that kind of a setting? Yeah, I've talked to talked to a few guys, just former UCF players and just um, one of my close friends, Trent Harris, who's uh, played with the Patriots when Tom Brady won his last Super Bowl. He went down to the Dolphins on the Giants, was uh, with the Ravens for a little bit this year just talking about him and what it looks like to be on a team. And when you think about the step from high school to college, how big that is, how big of a jump it is, that jump from college to NFL is even bigger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And again, we're talking about percentages of people, maybe fractions of a percent that actually make it to that next Mm -hmm. level. We've got just enough time, Alec. And I want to say, first of all, thank you for coming in and and being on my program, it really means a lot. Mm-hmm. Got the scoop, everyone, with this news about Alex staying in UCF's uh, program for another year. But we want to also turn our attention to something really important, which is a prayer need. You have mm-hmm. a friend in need right now. Yeah, so the the uh, brotherhood and culture that we've kind of built at UCF means that uh, our teammates really love and they care about each other. And a guy that this is my first year without him, Jake Hescock, He's like my best friend on the team. Another guy in the tight end room. He's he's in the ICU right now, and we're just calling for prayer for him that he'd recover and God would put His healing hand on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, jogging, I understand, and uh, mm. just kind of passed out. Yeah, so. just collapsed. And yeah. thank God that he was in Boston, and there was someone jogging, um, and that found him, gave him CPR, and allowed wow. an ambulance to get to him and bring him to the hospital and give him a give him a chance. So we're just praying that God pulls him through. Well, give the name one more time for people. Jake Hescock, phenomenal person. Okay, praying for Jake, and uh, we'll continue to do that. Hey, friends, thank you for joining us today. And Alec, let me just say to you, thank you for uh, being here. Thank you for, most importantly, Alec, living your life for the Lord mm-hmm. and really uh, giving young people who are going to be looking up to you now. And there are a ton in that stadium who now they're they're so excited mm-hmm. to realize they're going to be able to see Alec play in the, in the the uh, night stadium one more year. That is going to be great for them to have you as a role model. So mm-hmm. thank you for the way you live your life. Yeah, 
um, I just really appreciate that. It means a lot to hear that from someone like you. And uh, just in terms of UCF, let's go ahead and get back, run it back, and let's let's win this bowl game, then win a uh, Big 12 championship next year. Well, con- congratulations on that bowl game, and good luck in it, and go for it, and go Knights. Oh, yeah, charge on. All right. That's it for today, friends. Thank you for being with me. I'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.